0: Welcome to episode 140 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're taking a look at Season 6, Episode 13, Aguamala. The original air date was February 21st, 1999, the action primarily takes place in Florida, and the IMDb user score has risen from 7.5 to 7.6 out of 10 following the Fox Marathon. This episode is written by David Amon, who was the executive story editor for this season. It's his second episode following Terms of Endearment with Bruce Campbell earlier this season. He does have five more episodes to come, and it's directed by Rob Bowman, who's got many episodes behind him going right back to season one and has many more to come. This episode features returning guest star Darren McCavin as Arthur Dales, the man who first discovered the X-Files as we met in season five's Travelers who has called Mulder to come down to Florida because some of his neighbors are missing and they've had some strange reports turns out there's a tentacled monster of some kind that's killing residents during a hurricane this episode doesn't have a terribly involved mystery you know we said early on this was largely a police procedural with a supernatural element this episode is far less mystery and much more disaster film in fact it's probably pretty miserable to film because they had to be absolutely soaked wearing street clothes for almost the entire episode. Whether they're simulating rain or at least they're wet inside. We've got a lot of the tropes for the people that are trapped and can't get out. You've got the pregnant woman who at least is past due. It's not that, oh, she's not due yet, but the stress makes her deliver. No, she's already a week past her due date when this starts. So when she inevitably goes into labor, it's not as far reaching or as surprising as they intended to be in others. It's much more expected. We've got a looter, we've got a local incompetent deputy, or at least nervous, and so forth. He starts off nervous and mistrusting, but he and Mulder are the only two who manage to protect themselves and survive attacks by this creature. So there is that going for him. Tentacles got him around the neck, and we see him going for the penknife we know he has before the camera cuts away. And in fact, the actor who plays that deputy is one of the two particularly notable guest stars this time around. He's played by Joel McKinnon Miller, who is best known these days for playing Scully on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. His character was named in a direct reference to The X-Files. The other guest star that stands out to me is Silas Weir Mitchell, who also plays Donnie Jones on My Name is Earl. Now, as with most episodes directed by Rob Bowman, we've got some very great visuals he really gets that disaster film vibe down pat. And if that's what you're looking for, you're probably going to be pretty happy with it. This is one of the lower rated episodes of the season. And I think that's because a lot of people at this point weren't really looking for the disaster films from the X-Files. They were looking more for that paranormal mystery. And there's a little bit of a mystery element as they're deducing, you know, does the monster exist? Where does it come from? How can we defend against it? Recognizing the salt versus freshwater thing. but. That's what we have here. The actual mystery itself isn't that convoluted. Now, as for the science, there's different elements. If you want to look at it from the perspective of something that lives in the sea that gets displaced ashore during a hurricane, well, that's highly plausible. And there are very few species native to saltwater regions that can survive long in freshwater. So using that as a defense against this thing is also a pretty natural leap once you've established its existence. Really, the piece of the science that stands out is the lack of bodies. The fact that its victims you know, turn into more of itself, and you know they are water, as Mulder says. They just become water, and it's in the water. That's why no one's seen the thing. That's the big stretch. Even if it does feed off the water content in bodies and extracts the water from it, they'd just be desiccated. You'd have those you know, ancient corpses would be skeletons with just barely any material still on them. Because yeah, we've got a lot of water content in our bodies, but it's not a hundred percent. The bones would still remain. The dry parts of the marrow, the hair and fingernails have relatively little water content in them. The disappearance of the bodies is something that's happening, really, for one reason and one reason only, and that's so that the audience understands the threat level because they know that this thing already has victims. But there are no victims for Mulder and Scully to see and identify and to allow them to start preparing themselves for what's going on until the deputy survives the attack. So it is really just a piece in there that's not based on any science. It's based on the needs of applying tension to the story. And if that's what you're looking for, you know, go nuts. It, if you can accept the disappearance of the bodies, I would say the rest of the episode works very, very well it's just that piece that may or may not work for others. In any event, that's about all we have to say about this one. So join us again in two weeks time when we discuss Monday. Thank you for listening.